Hello, friends, and welcome to the Coastline Baptist Church podcast. We hope this message will equip, encourage, and edify you in your journey of life. We'd love to connect with you. Please email us at info at coastlinecc.org. And for more information about our church and our services, visit coastlinecc.org. Now let's open our hearts and open God's Word. Last week we started uh, on Next Level Discipleship. And we talked about um, what a disciple is. And I'm going to kind of do a brief review because we're continuing um, this discipleship, hopefully finishing it up today, um, last week's message, the last few points that I have. So I wanted just to give a brief review of what we went over last week when we talked about Next Level Discipleship. What is a disciple? A disciple is a follower of someone or something, learning and living from the one that they're following, and then living in a way that is based on what they've seen and come to believe as they follow that person. You can, have, you can be a disciple of anything. We're talking about being a disciple of Jesus Christ. So to be a disciple of Jesus is to be someone who follows Jesus. What is discipleship? Discipleship is a process in which we learn how to follow Jesus and then also teaching others how to follow Jesus. That's discipleship, teaching and learning how, we, how to follow Jesus and then teaching others how to follow Jesus. Discipleship, I said last week, is not a lesson to be learned, not simply a lesson to be learned, some facts to learn, but it's a life to be lived. If you are a child of God, church, if you're a child of God, you are called to be a disciple of Jesus. You can be, I said last week, you can be saved and know that you're going to heaven when you die and have your sins forgiven and not really be a disciple of Jesus Christ. You can be someone that is saved and has Jesus in your heart, but not following after the teachings and commandments of Jesus. You can just really be saved. Um, and, and just know Jesus in your heart and believe that he died and rose again, but not really care about souls on their way to hell. So as a child of God, you're called to be a disciple. As a child of God, also you're called to disciple someone else. And I asked last week the uh, convicting question, uh, who are you currently discipling right now? Uh, have you ever discipled someone? It's important. We are called not just to be disciples, but to make disciples and to teach others also. Discipling someone else is literally showing someone else what it means to follow Jesus. And we talked about how it's about gospel conversations. Um, we talked about the importance of our uh, discipleship class that we've been doing that we're going to be continuing pretty soon, but how it's, it's more than just learning about, you can learn all the facts of theology and things like that and not really be following after Jesus Christ. It, it's, it's about gospel conversations. It's about explaining to someone why you do what you do as a Christian. Not in a prideful way, not in an arrogant way, but just living for Jesus, following after Jesus, and people will see that, and it's gospel conversations. Whether it's with a friend or your spouse or your children. We talked about the importance of discipling, obviously, number one, your family first. And others that God puts into your life. Disciples are supposed to make disciples that make disciples. Okay, you're teaching someone how to follow Jesus. And then with that teaching and, and showing and, and living in a way as a disciple, showing them what it means to be a disciple. You're also showing them that it's important that they, the one that you're teaching and showing also understands the importance of showing somebody else how to be a disciple and how to follow Jesus. It's about me sharing my story with you, showing you how amazing it is to follow Jesus, and then teaching you to do the same thing for somebody else. And really a, a main verse we talked about last week was Psalm 66, 16. Come and hear all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. It's about you sharing your story of what God done in your life. 
As disciples of Christ, I said last week, we must live in the gospel and live out the gospel. Remember we talked about that, living in the gospel, constantly, consistently reminding ourselves and going back to the cross and what Jesus did for you and what Jesus has done for me and what he did for the whole world and dying on the cross, rising again by the power of God, ascending to heaven. The gospel, living in the gospel, constantly reminding ourselves and living with that moment-by-moment truth that he died for me. He loved me enough to die for me, to rise again for me, to give me a way back to the Father. Jesus did that for me. And when we live with that thought in our minds, uh, constantly and consistently remembering uh, what Jesus did for us, we live in such a way that reflects our love and fellowship of Jesus Christ and who he is to us. If we're continually reminding ourselves of what Jesus did for me, the grace that he shows me every day, the grace that he showed me on the cross, and the power that is in me because of him. When I'm reminded of that gospel truth in my life, I will live in a way that reflects how, who Jesus is to me. So that's living in the gospel. Living out the gospel is when other people see the gospel in your lives and how you live and how you respond to situations in this broken world as a fallen person. Living out the gospel, letting the gospel shine through you. And my challenge last week was to reach out to somebody, to find someone to disciple, to find someone to invest in, to find someone to love on and sh- share the gospel with. Uh, uh, yes, because we talked about how, how discipleship is for the believer, someone that's been saved, you're helping them grow. But yes, share the gospel with someone, give the gospel to someone, help someone get saved and find Jesus. And then when they find Jesus, that's when the discipleship begins. Invite someone into your life, let them see Jesus in you. And that was last week's message in about three minutes. All packed together. It's important. Discipleship is important. Churches often forget about it. We need to be people that are disciples, yes, but that are discipling other people. So as we jump into last week, I asked the question at the end of the service, what are the signs of a true disciple? And I said we're going to continue it this week. So we're going to finish up that message from last week this morning. We won't be long. I only have a few pages. So we'll get through it. Try to be helpful to you this morning. It's important. You need this, church. You need this. I need this. So as I pray, would you pray and ask God to speak to your heart? Father, we love you. We thank you for being so good to us. Bless this church. Bless Coastline. Bless this message. Bless these thoughts. Bless your word as it's preached. Use it. You said it would never return void. So challenge hearts this morning and do a work that only you can do. Give me power from on high, Lord, as I preach the gospel and as I preach your word. In your precious name we pray. Amen. So what are the signs of a true disciple? What are some qualities some characteristics that will be seen in your life, that will be seen in my life um, as a disciple of Christ. Um, that, that will, if, if you're a true follower of Jesus Christ. And by the way, being a disciple of Jesus does not mean you're perfect. It's impossible. Nobody's perfect. Being a disciple of Christ doesn't mean you never mess up. It doesn't mean that the things we're going to talk about this morning, the characteristics of someone who is a true disciple, that you won't fail in these areas ever. Being a disciple of Christ does not mean you're perfect. The things that we're going to talk about today that are seen in disciples are things that you will struggle to be consistent in, that I struggle to be consistent in. A car is still a car even if it gets a flat tire. It's still a car even if it runs out of gas. 
You gotta fix the car, you gotta make adjustments to the vehicle sometimes, don't you? But it's still a car. And just because you're not perfect doesn't mean you're a bad Christian. It doesn't mean you're not a disciple. It's like, well, I, I'm not doing that like I should. It doesn't mean you're not one. If your heart, listen, you may not be doing everything right all the time. You won't be doing everything right all the time. But if your heart desires to follow Jesus and you are consistently making adjustments in your life to do what Jesus told you to do and what he told us to do, you're a disciple of Christ. Your heart is in the right place moving forward. That's next level living, remember? Next level uh, uh, living is moving, take, doing whatever it takes to move forward and grow. So just because you're not, uh, you don't feel like you are measuring up to where uh, maybe what, the, what I'm saying this morning in the message doesn't mean you're not a disciple. I'm just a failure. Don't do that to yourself. We're never going to be perfect. We're never going to do everything the right way all the time because we're human. We're sinners. We have sin natures. There's power in Jesus to overcome sin, but we're not perfect. You're going to get inconsistent sometimes. And when the Spirit uh, reminds you of that and convicts your heart of that, that's when you make adjustments, your heart being in the right place. Thank God we don't have to be perfect. So what did Jesus say in his word, in his life, that makes us his disciples? We're going to start with the first one. John chapter 8 and verse 31. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. We'll read it. If not, the scriptures will be on the screen. Um, John chapter 8. In verse 31, Jesus said this to actually a bunch of Jewish people he was talking to. In verse 31, he said, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. First things first, how, what does Jesus say makes us a disciple of Christ? Those who abide in the word, those who follow his teachings, those who do what Jesus says to do. The scriptures and the gospels of in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we went through the whole gospel of John as a sermon series. It's on the website. We see the things that Jesus tells us to do and commands us to do and how to live our lives. Abiding in the word in Jesus Christ and what he says makes us a disciple. By the way, the Jews in this passage, in John chapter 8, don't end up following Jesus. They're threatened by his words, as he says um, in John chapter 8 and verse 31. We just read it. If you follow in my word, then you're my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free, is verse 32. And the Jewish people there said, well, we're Abraham's, uh, uh, you know, his, uh, he's our ancestor. He's our, our great, 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 great grandfather. And, and uh, we're already free. And they were, they were uh, staking all their claim by being children of Abraham. At the end of this chapter, they get so mad at Jesus as Jesus continually says, listen, before Abraham was, I am. Jesus tells them, I'm, I'm God. They get so mad, they pick up stones to kill Jesus. So these Jews in this passage that he says, if you follow my words, follow my teachings, abide my word, you're my disciples. They, these people don't do that. Man, they get so angry and mad, they want to kill him. To be a disciple, you need to abide in his words. What does it mean to abide, to, to live in, to, to make your home? When you abide in something, you make it your home. What he says, what Jesus says, I believe. What he commands, I obey. When, when me and Jesus have differing opinions, he gets to be right. When I wonder what to do, I seek his words, not my own. I trust his judgment. To be a disciple of Christ, you abide in his words. You follow what he says. We know what he says. His word is right here. Jesus says that he is truth. Remember, I am the way, the truth, and the life in John 14, 6. 
And in John 1, 1, uh, the scriptures say, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. To verse 14 of John 1 says, the Word was made flesh was made human, was made into a man, and dwelt among us. That's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the Word. He is the truth. He is what God is saying. That's what Jesus was trying to tell these people. He's like, listen, I am, I, I'm God, and I'm what God wants to say to you, so what I say is what God is saying. Me, I and my Father are one. What God is saying, he is the word. And the word says, Jesus says that you are loved, that you are important enough to die for. How much does his word, does his teaching really mean to you, church? If you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, a true follower of Jesus Christ, you must abide in his words. This word of God must be important to you. It must be something that you look to, that you depend upon. This is where you find your answers. It's him. It's Jesus. He's all you need. We must abide in his word and do what he says. If we really stopped and thought about it in our lives, I think many of us, probably all all of us actually would recognize errors in our lives when we are not following after Jesus and what he tells us to do. Because it's hard. When Jesus says, love your enemies... And pray for those that despitefully use you. That's not natural for us to do. That's what Jesus tells us to do. He gives us grace to do that and power to do that. Because in our own flesh, we can't do that. Jesus says, hey, if someone, you know, if you get slapped, then turn and give them the other cheek. Jesus is about forgiveness and grace and mercy and truth, yes. But he gives us the power and the grace to follow his teachings. Being a disciple of Christ is not... I don't want to see here and act like being a simple of Christ is like impossible. No one can do it, so don't even try. I'm not trying to say that. But I'm not going to stand up here and say that it's easy either. That being a true follower of Christ is just an easy life where you can, you'll be super comfortable all the time. That's not the truth. Jesus died on the cross. The disciples of Christ, the, the, the original 12 disciples, they all died, were persecuted for preaching the gospel of Christ. Now, that may not be what we face today at this point in our lives because of the freedoms that we have, thank God. But... As a disciple of Christ now in 2023 on Cape Cod at Coastline Baptist Church, it means doing what Jesus said. It means following what he calls you to do, even when it goes against maybe what, you want, what your flesh wants to do. I'm going I'm to give my life to Jesus. I'm going to devote my time and finances to Jesus. I'm going to hear the word preached and obey it. I'm going to abide in his word. What else does Jesus say? In Luke chapter 9, we see Jesus again. Talking, And he says in Luke chapter 9 and verse 23, he said unto them all, if any man will come after me, follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Now I studied this out a little bit and I want to read you something here. When they say take up thy cross, to take up the cross meant to carry one's own cross to the place of crucifixion. Back in the New Testament time, the Galileans, those who lived in Galilee, many Galileans had been killed that way by the Romans back in the Bible times. And Jesus, we know, is going to face that as well, that crucifixion, carrying his cross to Golgotha, dying for the sins of the world. And with this word picture that Jesus uses about denying yourself and taking up your cross daily, Jesus presented a clear and challenging description of the Christian life. Being a disciple of Christ meant putting aside selfish desires, Shouldering one's cross every day and following him. It's 
simple and yet demanding at the same time. Because it, it does. For believers today, it means understanding that we belong to Him. For us today, carrying our cross, taking up our cross, denying ourselves, means that we belong to Jesus and we live to serve His purposes. Okay, I'm going to say that again because I want you to really get it. To take up our cross, to deny ourselves, means that we, that you belong to Him. And that your life is here on earth. You live to serve His purposes. That's a disciple of Christ. Do you think your relationship with God, do you think of your relationship with God primarily based on what's in it for you? What can God do for me? If I follow God, what do I get out of it? It's very natural for us to think that way sometimes. If I serve God, if I start going to church, if I start reading my Bible, God's going to bless me. He's going to fix this. He's going to fix my marriage. He's going to make my kids turn out good. He's going to give me that promotion I want. He's going to do the, fill in the blank. What, what do I get if I follow after Jesus? Do you think of your relationship with God primarily of what's in it for you? Or do you think about it in terms of what you can do for God? What you can do for the kingdom? Are you willing to deny yourself to take up your cross Daily, as Jesus said, and follow him. Anything less than that, anything less than denying yourself, church, it's really not true discipleship. Because how can you follow after Jesus if you're following after your own wants, wishes, and desires? It's just words. Self-denial is not about going without. You know, I have to deny myself, deny self, self-denial. You know, we preach that that's not a good thing. That, that, that's a, a, a ter- No, it's not about going without. It's that Jesus, it's, it is in Jesus that you find real meaning and purpose. When you deny yourself and, and, and your own thoughts and emotions and opinions, oftentimes, because, listen, in our own mind, we say a lot of crazy things. The reason many of us are so miserable is because many of us are completely self-focused. What can I do to make myself happy? And we search 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 and we, search and we always come up empty. We always end up at the end of the day re- wondering what, what went wrong. What am I missing here? We search for purpose and meaning in money, in addictions, in sex, in careers, and a million other things. We search for meaning and purpose in those things. Those, those have to, man, it seems like everybody around me that has all those things, they look happy. I, we search for in all these places when real purpose and real meaning is only found in following Jesus. Denying yourself and making more of Him. Ask yourself in your heart this morning, am I denying myself? When I wake up in the morning, am I denying myself and saying, Jesus, I live for you today. Guide me, guide my steps, lead me in your paths. It's not about what I want. It's not about my selfish desires. And by the way, some of those desires aren't necessarily even bad things. Do they line up with what Christ wants for you? Denying yourself makes you disciple. Taking up that cross daily. Life's not easy. Life is challenging. But he gives grace for every day. And the last thing I have this morning, as we talk about denying yourself, yes, John chapter 13, what does Jesus say to his disciples here? This is when he's at the table we talked about this when we went through the series in the book of John, the Gospel of John. This is the Last Supper. When Judas leaves the table, Judas is going to betray Christ. But Jesus is having this Last Supper, and these are his last words to the disciples in John 13, verse 34. Jesus says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, 
that ye also, that as, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Verse 35. By this, by what? By their love for another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. How, what makes a true disciple is our love for one another. Jesus said it. It's pretty clear, too. Can't really read between the lines on that. It's straight up. It just says, hey, the world will know that you are my followers, that you follow me by your love one for another. He's talking to his disciples here. He's talking to, yes, we're, we're commanded to love the world and love lost people that don't know Christ and show love to them. But Jesus here is talking about the love between Christians, the fellowship and the friendship and the compassion between Christians. The world will know that you're my followers by your love one for another. Why do you think the church right now has such a bad rap in the country? It really does in a lot of ways. Because Christians are always picking and fighting each other. Always. People that claim Christ can just never can seem to get along. This church doesn't like this church because that person went to that church. You believe this, but I don't believe this. And, and, and Christians are constantly bickering. I grew up in a culture like that where it's like, we're better than the church down the road because we just... Listen. No, 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 no. Jesus said it. The world will know that you're my followers by your love one for another. How we treat one another says a lot, says a lot about our faith. How you treat other believers says a lot about your faith. How you feel about one another shows much about your love for Jesus. Can I say this? The people in this room are people that God has placed in your life for a specific reason. The people in this room and the people that are normally in this room that maybe can't be here today, part of our church people, those who come to this church, the people in this room are people that God has placed in your life for a specific reason. You can't just treat church like another hobby. Somebody just show up to it, we do our thing, we give to it, we donate it, and then we go home. Like, this is a, this, Jesus died for the church. He died for the church. It's very important to him. The people in this room are people that God has placed in your life for a specific reason. No one's here by accident. Every time a visitor comes here, a guest comes to our church, they're here for a reason, a specific reason. And they're crossing your path for a specific reason. Each one of you is just as important, just as precious to God as the next one. God doesn't play favorites. And can I say this? God gave you this church. God gave you this church. God gave you this pastor. God gave you the people around you. Do you love them? Are you showing love to them? Are you serving one another? Jesus said... All men will know that you're my disciples, that you're my followers, if by your love, one for another. Church, it's so vitally important. God gave you this church. And like I just said, God gave you, God gave you me. I'm not going to sit up here and, and joke around like, oh, sorry, you're stuck with me. Like, I, I know I make jokes like that all the time. But God gave you me as your pastor for a reason. To, to, to love you and to help you and to help guide you, not to tell you what to do, not to come into your life and say and, and act like a prophet of God that says, I think, you know, God told me that, that you should be doing this. No, I don't believe that. But I do believe that God places pastors in people's lives for a reason, to help guide them, 
to help maybe help help uh, gently steer in the right direction. If I see something that I think, man, that's going to really hurt them, I, I hope that you would allow me to speak into your life as, as your pastor. Someone that does pray for you and that loves you, that God brought here for you. I know I have a lot to learn and I'm growing. But I love being your pastor and I, and, I, and I want to help disciple you so that you can disciple others. Everybody here is here for a reason. So the people in this room, around the room that, that, that we see, the people that maybe aren't here today, I think of Dan and Grace that can't be here today. I think of uh, Courtney and Stephen and other people that just couldn't make it today and that's okay. Man, these are people that God has placed in your life. Do you love them? Because it's our love one toward another that shows the world that we follow Jesus. When people walk through these doors, brand new, and they see the love in the room, the love out in the lobby, people hanging out. That's, and I see it every week, by the way. I'm not saying this, that it's not happening. I love the friendship and love that I, I, I feel like is there in our church. But what I'm saying is because it's there, doesn't mean it's always going to be there. You have to sometimes fight for it. People are going to tick you off. They're going to bother you. Let's practice forgiveness and love, compassion and patience. I want the world to see. I want, I want Cape Cod to look at Coastline, see the love that we have for one another, not just love that we have for Christ, because if they don't know Christ, then it doesn't really, it's not really a big deal to them. Like, oh, they love God, that's great. But when they see the love and the care that we have for one another, that's what makes a difference in the hearts of people. They're like, wow, they really believe what they say. Jesus is worthy to be followed. I'm talking about discipleship, disciple of Christ, someone that follows Jesus. I want the world to know that he's worthy to be followed. It's not a bad idea to follow Jesus. It's not a waste of time to follow Jesus. It's not going to ruin me if I follow Jesus. It's not going to, to set me back if I follow Jesus. My kids aren't going to, you know, it's not going to hurt my kids if I choose to follow Jesus. It's not going to break my marriage if I choose to follow Jesus. No, no. Following Jesus is the answer. Following Jesus is the goal. It's, it's the prize. It's one. Following Jesus, being a disciple of Christ, is what makes the difference. It's what brings real purpose and real meaning. And I want the world to know that it's worth it. It's worth it to follow Jesus. So ask yourself this morning, am I abiding in his word? Am I doing, am I following his teachings? And, by, and not just following his teachings, but am I, am I, as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, am I spending time in the Word of God? Man, that's a tough one for me, church. I'm, we're all super busy, aren't we? We're all, we live crazy busy lives. Man, I'm getting up early. I'm getting the kids ready. I'm driving them out to Yarmouth for school. I'm driving them back home. I'm jumping into the work. I work from home. I'm doing this and that. And if I'm not careful, church, me as your pastor, I don't get consistent in my reading my Bible. And I'm the pastor. Don't feel alone in that. But I will say this. With that conviction comes adjustments. I, I, I know, and it's not about, I have to read my Bible so that the church, you know, and no, 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 I have to read my Bible for me. Just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean I don't have the same struggles that you guys do. I, I don't read my Bible. I'm not going to read my Bible just so that I can tell the church, I have to read my Bible. No, no, no. I read my Bible and, and, and use devotionals and spend time with God uh, because I know that if I don't, I'm going to fall apart. I'm going to fall apart abiding in his word. And then with what we read, because anybody can read a few words on a page, reading what the scriptures say, following them. Hearing the message preached from the word of God and saying, I'm going to do my best to do those things by the grace of God.
Listening for the Holy Spirit of God in your heart that says, I want you to tell the person about Jesus. That's uh, abiding in his word is saying, okay, I'm going to do that. Hey, I want you to tell the person to come to church with you next week. Ask them to come to church with you next week. Hey, you know what? Help that old lady bring her groceries to the car. The Spirit is talking. Abiding in his word is listening to the voice of God. Not shutting it out. Not making excuses, but abiding in his word. Making it your home. Am I denying myself? Am I saying it's not about what I want? It's not about my desires? It's about him. Denying myself, taking up that cross daily. Every day recognizing I'm probably going to face some situations where it would be a lot easier to kind of do things my own way. People are going to be annoying to me. People are going to frustrate me. And if I don't deny myself, I'm going to act out in impatience and in frustration and lash out at my kids or my wife or my boss or my whatever, my employee or whatever. I'm going to, I'm going to deny myself today. I'm going to take up that cross, that burden. That, that, that it's, 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 yes, it's a challenge, but God gives grace. What God does, it's amazing, is he makes the Christian life not super, super easy to where anybody can do it, but he makes it a little bit more challenging, but he gives us power to do it. So it's not up to us to like, oh, I gotta, I'm going to die. If I, no, no, he gives us grace and power to love our enemies. He gives us grace and power to practice forgiveness for those who have wronged us. He gives us grace and power to, to, to show patience in, in impatient circumstances. That's Jesus. But it takes you saying every morning, I'm denying myself. It's not about me today. I don't live for me today. Jesus, I live for you. When my feet, when my feet hit the ground when I get out of bed, Okay, I'm out of bed. My feet hit the ground. Man, this is another day lived for Jesus Christ. This is another day where I deny myself. It's not about me, but it's about what he wants. It's denying myself. And then loving one another. Asking yourself, am I showing love one to another, to the other believers that God's placed in my life? Because the world will know that I'm a disciple by my love one for another. Say, God, is there someone that I'm struggling with? Bring that name, bring that face to my mind so I can ask for forgiveness, but also ask for grace to love and be patient and, and show compassion. Am I loving others? I want to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to, those three things I mentioned this morning, I'm going to fail on some of them sometimes. I'm going to get behind and get inconsistent but I want to keep getting back on the horse. I want to keep getting up and saying, Lord, I am sorry. I know you give grace and you've forgiven me and you love me and I'm important to you and I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to let up. I want to abide in your word. I want to deny myself. I want to love other people. I want to love my church. Show love. Not just say it with words, but show it. That love in action. Being the hands of Jesus working. We need him. I want the world to know that he's worth it to Thank you again for listening to the Coastline Baptist Church Podcast. We hope the message was an encouragement to your heart. Please connect with us through our website, coastlinecc.org, or on Facebook or Instagram. Send us a message, send us an email, and we'd love to connect with you. We'd also love if you could visit us for a Sunday morning service. You can find our address on our website, and our services start at 10 a.m. Our mission at Coastline is simply this, to know Jesus deeply and to show Jesus daily. I hope that we've helped you do that in your life today. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.